Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I felt compelled to share my extraordinary experiences with you and your listeners. It all began one fateful day when my friend and I stumbled upon a video claiming to have proof of ghosts. Looking back, I now realize that the video was undoubtedly fake, but little did I know that it would ignite a curiosity in us that would lead to a series of spine-chilling encounters. Seeking respite from the eerie evidence we had just witnessed, we decided to visit the local park. As we made our way to the baseball field, my friend ascended the stairs leading to the announcer's room. It was there that she claimed to have caught a glimpse of a child wearing a floral shirt and glasses. Though her sighting was brief, it left an indelible mark on our minds. Throughout the summer, my best friend and I frequented the park, relishing in the warmth of the sun and the joy of each other's company. However, as autumn approached, the cool Wisconsin wind began to blow with increasing intensity, discouraging our visits. Yet one day, almost on a whim, we decided to return to the park. Let's find a ghost, I suggested, influenced by the numerous ghost hunting videos we had been watching. Little did I know the gravity of my words and how they would forever change my perspective. As we implored for a sign of their presence, an unexpected gust of wind swept through the park. At first, I dismissed it as mere coincidence, but as we continued our inquiries, more inexplicable events unfolded. I beckoned the spirits to accompany me across the park, challenging them to hold my friend's hands in a tight ball that she couldn't open until I gave permission. To our astonishment, her hands clenched tightly, defying her efforts to release them. Panic quickly set in as she pleaded for help. Remembering my earlier command, I whispered, Okay, that's enough. Miraculously, her hands immediately relaxed, allowing us to return home filled with a mixture of awe and trepidation. The following morning, as I prepared myself for the day ahead, an inexplicable occurrence sent shivers down my spine. Standing in the doorway of my room, I surveyed the familiar surroundings. Suddenly my gaze fixated on my blinds, which began to sway as though someone was running their finger along them. Shocked and bewildered, I realized that this was no figment of my imagination. It was an undeniable presence. Winter descended upon us, and my friend invited me over to help with some cleaning tasks. Though mundane, we always managed to find joy in each other's company. 
As we finished our chores and playfully raced down the hallway, her little dog chasing after us, something caught my eye in her room. The water in her glass was swirling inexplicably. Once again, I gasped in astonishment as the movement gradually subsided. For a while, nothing out of the ordinary occurred until the arrival of spring breathed new life into our experiences. We gathered at her house to indulge in some dancing video games. However, our attention shifted when her father offered to set up the GameCube upstairs, leaving us alone downstairs. Engrossed in a racing game, my friend suddenly claimed to feel a tug on her hair. Curiosity peaked. I waited for my turn and soon experienced the same inexplicable sensation. Driven by an insatiable curiosity and an increasing sense of excitement rather than fear, we implored for a sign of their presence. In that moment, I turned around upon hearing an odd noise and caught sight of a floating black mist-like figure. My heart raced as chills coursed through my body. Yet strangely enough, after a mere ten minutes had passed, we resumed our gaming session as if nothing out of the ordinary had happened. While my friend remained fearful, my excitement grew with each encounter. These occurrences continued to pepper our lives with their mysterious presence. Small incidents unfolded sporadically, leaving us both captivated and perplexed. It proves challenging to recount each event with precision, as they often blurred together in a haze of awe and disbelief. Yet despite this difficulty, I felt compelled to share these encounters with your podcast. So now I ask you, Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, do you believe that I have truly experienced encounters with ghosts? These inexplicable events have left an indelible mark on my life and have forever changed my beliefs. I eagerly await your insights and hope that my story will captivate your listeners as much as it has captivated me. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I wanted to share with you an incredible experience I had in Brookdale, California, a small community near Santa Cruz. It was a Saturday, April 21st, 2007, when I embarked on a paranormal investigation with Haunted and Paranormal Investigations, HPI, of Northern California. Our destination was the renowned Brookdale Lodge, a historic establishment with a rich and haunted past. As we arrived at the lodge, the atmosphere was filled with anticipation. I couldn't help but feel a sense of excitement mixed with a touch of trepidation. The lodge itself had a fascinating history, having been frequented by the likes of Al Capone, Marilyn Monroe, President Herbert Hoover, and Mae West. It had also been featured on the popular show Unsolved Mysteries due to reports of paranormal activity, particularly the ghostly presence of a young girl named Sarah. Before delving into the investigation, I had the opportunity to speak with Michelle Stump, a seasoned paranormal investigator who was driving me to Brookdale. I was curious about her interest in the supernatural, and she shared a chilling childhood experience. Living on the haunted Forney Ranch in El Dorado County, Michelle witnessed strange occurrences, including her brother being thrown off his bed, and unexplainable noises such as footsteps, clanking glasses, and laughter. She even encountered an entity that ran past her and slammed a door shut. 
It was believed to be the spirit of Old Man Forney, who had passed away on the ranch. These eerie encounters fueled Michelle's passion for investigating the paranormal. The Northern California Paranormal Conference awaited us at the Brookdale Lodge, featuring renowned speakers in the field such as Gloria Young of Ghost Trackers, Shannon McCabe, and Alicia Perry of HPI. Paranormal, Nancy Bradley, a world-renowned psychic and trance medium, and Robert Reppert, owner and head investigator for Gold Rush Ghosts Investigations. The conference provided a platform for sharing experiences, discussing investigative techniques, and showcasing state-of-the-art ghost hunting equipment. Among the attendees were several notable paranormal investigators, including Douglas Carnahan, president and lead investigator for NPI, NorCal Paranormal Investigations, Jennifer and Anthony Baca, Shane Thornton, lead investigator of NPI, Carol Gillis of HPI, Tim Hawkins of HPI, Brian Colbert of HPI, Mary Cassiano of HPI, Anne Temple, a gifted psychic medium, Jonathan Russell, and Kristen Sheely, a researcher for HPI. The presence of these seasoned professionals added an air of authenticity to the conference. During the presentations, I couldn't help but observe the diverse crowd gathered in the conference room. Alongside the paranormal investigators were approximately 75 other guests with an assortment of backgrounds and interests. It was an intriguing mix of individuals who shared a common fascination with the unknown. As the day progressed, I had the opportunity to interview Elaine Higby, who worked at the front counter of the Brookdale Lodge. She recounted an incident where a customer excitedly showed her a photograph taken inside the lodge. To their astonishment, a full-figure apparition of a man appeared behind the customer's spouse, despite no one else being present at the time of the photo. Intrigued by these stories, I ventured to MRA Fine Arts, also known as Gallery That and Gallery This, where I met Martha Applegate, an artist, and her close friend, Jesus L. Galvan. Jesus shared his own encounter with the supernatural at the Brookdale Lodge's bar. He claimed to have seen Sarah, the little girl who had tragically drowned in the creek nearby. Jesus also revealed rumors of secret meetings held by Al Capone and other gangsters in hidden rooms within the lodge. According to local folklore, some unfortunate souls met their demise during these meetings and were buried beneath the lodge's floors. Jesus further mentioned whispers of unmarked graves scattered throughout the surrounding mountains, believed to hold the remains of other ill-fated gangsters. Martha and Jesus also shared unsettling experiences at their art gallery. Martha recalled a customer discussing one of her paintings with another person, only to witness that individual vanish into thin air. This unnerving incident left her shaken and fleeing from the gallery in horror. Jesus added that ghostly apparitions of a Vietnamese or Asian family were sometimes spotted in the nearby woods. Eager to immerse ourselves further in this mysterious environment, Michelle and I decided to explore some local restaurants. Our first choice was Tyrolean Inn Restaurant and Beer Garden, known for its delicious German cuisine. Unfortunately, we couldn't secure a table but spotted Shannon McCabe, president of HPI. Paranormal, dining there with other members of her team. They indulged in German delicacies while we marveled at their dedication to both good food and paranormal investigation.
Undeterred by our initial setback, we discovered Don Quixote, a Mexican restaurant where we finally enjoyed a satisfying meal. The lively atmosphere was enhanced by a live band called Extra Large, playing vibrant Latin tunes like Mambo Jambo. Over enchiladas and salsa that nearly scorched my taste buds, we engaged in conversations with fellow HPI, team members about the conference and our upcoming ghost hunt at the Brookdale Lodge. As evening fell, we reconvened with everyone at the log cabin, a large wooden structure connected to the Brookdale Lodge by a roaring fireplace. Nancy Bradley, an esteemed psychic medium, greeted us warmly and led us into a spine-tingling seance. Within the cabin's dimly lit interior, Nancy recounted tales of various spirits believed to reside within its walls. A young woman named Maria Ivers suddenly became overwhelmed with sadness during the seance, experiencing emotions so intense that she had to be escorted outside by Shannon McCabe and Carol Gillis for some fresh air. Nancy Bradley attributed this to the presence of the Clayton brothers, who tragically perished in a car accident and were said to haunt the cabin alongside other entities. The palpable unease in the room was a testament to the power of Nancy's storytelling and the mystique surrounding the lodge. Roger Reynolds, the lodge's security personnel, shared his own encounters with the supernatural, recounting sightings of Sarah in various areas of the lodge, as well as unexplained instances of power fluctuations and lights turning on and off. He revealed that Sarah was believed to be a nine-year-old girl named Sarah Johnson, who met a tragic end on July 1, 1936. Following the intense seance, the atmosphere shifted as the hotel band launched into a spirited performance, captivating the crowd with rock and roll classics. The eclectic mix of attendees, including ghost hunters, bikers, and free-spirited individuals, created a vibrant scene reminiscent of a bygone era. The diverse range of characters and their unique quirks added an air of fascination to the entire experience. The night took an even more eerie turn when Michelle and I joined Cherie Vincent in her hotel room, where she introduced us to an Ouija board. Cherie, adorned with small rose tattoos on her neck that were once meant to resemble vampire bites, led us in a solemn prayer before commencing with the Ouija board. As we delved into the session, we made contact with a child's spirit who spelled out the word die, sending shivers down our spines. Cherie provided me with material on directions on how to use the Ouija board, a sobering reminder of the gravity of our exploration into the unknown. Leaving Cherie's room, I encountered Shane Thornton of NPI, who shared compelling evidence collected by their team during the investigation. They had captured orbs and unusual manifestations on film, including what appeared to be miniaturized lightning strikes and ethereal mists. The unexplained touch of a spiderweb sensation experienced by one of their members further added to the mystique of the night. With the conclusion of the official ghost hunt, we embarked on our own exploration of the lodge. Room by room, we captured numerous photographs teeming with orbs and unexplained phenomena. Kristen Sheely, a researcher and photography expert for HPI, Paranormal, managed to capture a particularly striking image a swift-moving solid white orb at 1.55 a.m. 
Despite meticulous scrutiny by expert investigators, the orb remained an enigma. As the night unfolded, whispers of laughter echoed through the Brook Room, and some investigators even reported hearing a ghostly voice uttering, Shh! Michelle and I stumbled upon hidden passages within the lodge, including remnants of a fire that had ravaged a section of the building in 1956. To our astonishment, my fully charged cell phone inexplicably died at 2.45 a.m., leaving us to ponder the unexplained drain on its battery. The diverse array of individuals present at the lodge that night, ghost hunters, bikers, and free spirits, created an atmosphere brimming with intrigue. The sight of a hanging stuffed bat on one of the hotel doors only added to the mysterious ambiance that enveloped us. The following morning brought with it yet another peculiar occurrence, the sight of a large black raven alighting on the balcony where I was staying at the hotel. In Michelle's room at 3.34 a.m., faint knocks resonated from the bedside cabinets, adding another layer of unease to our already eventful stay. The room itself was adjacent to room 46, a well-known haunted space where an Australian couple had bravely chosen to spend the night. With the conclusion of the official ghost hunt, we embarked on our own exploration of the lodge. Room by room, we captured numerous photographs teeming with orbs and unexplained phenomena. Kristen Sheely, a researcher and photography expert for HPI. Paranormal managed to capture a particularly striking image, a swift-moving solid white orb at 1.55 a.m. Despite meticulous scrutiny by expert investigators, the orb remained an enigma. As the night unfolded, whispers of laughter echoed through the Brook Room, and some investigators even reported hearing a ghostly voice uttering, Shh! Michelle and I stumbled upon hidden passages within the lodge, including remnants of a fire that had ravaged a section of the building in 1956. To our astonishment, my fully charged cell phone inexplicably died at 2.45 a.m., leaving us to ponder the unexplained drain on its battery. The diverse array of individuals present at the lodge that night, ghost hunters, bikers, and free spirits, created an atmosphere brimming with intrigue. The sight of a hanging stuffed bat on one of the hotel doors only added to the mysterious ambiance that enveloped us. The following morning brought with it yet another peculiar occurrence, the sight of a large black raven alighting on the balcony where I was staying at the hotel. In Michelle's room at 3.34 a.m., Faint knocks resonated from the bedside cabinets, adding another layer of unease to our already eventful stay. The room itself was adjacent to room 46, a well-known haunted space where an Australian couple had bravely chosen to spend the night. Our morning concluded with a hearty breakfast at Brookdale Cafe and Grill, where I savored pancakes, a cheese and ham omelet, coffee and hash browns. The comforting familiarity of a warm meal served as a stark contrast to the inexplicable events that had unfolded during our stay. As we departed from Brookdale, I couldn't shake off the sense of awe and wonder at the myriad experiences we had encountered. From chilling encounters with spirits to captivating conversations with fellow investigators and locals, every moment had been steeped in intrigue and mystery. In retrospect, I realized that what initially seemed strange and unsettling had ultimately transformed into an experience marked by camaraderie, shared fascination, 
and an enduring sense of wonder. The allure of the unknown had drawn us together, paranormal investigators, enthusiasts, and individuals from all walks of life, uniting us in our quest to unravel the mysteries that lay beyond our comprehension. I hope you find this account as enthralling as I did. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I am writing to share a chilling tale that has been haunting my family for quite some time now. It's a story that involves my adult cousins and their young children, and I believe it will send shivers down your spine. This narrative has two parts, and it is crucial to tell both of them, as the second part wouldn't make sense without the context provided by the first. Let's begin with the first part of the story which takes place approximately a year ago. It was a typical evening when my cousin Jen and her husband Tom had just put their two children, Tommy and Diana, to bed. Their cozy house had undergone some adjustments over the years to accommodate their growing family. Initially, it had only two bedrooms, but when they welcomed Tommy into their lives, followed by Diana, they decided to build an additional bedroom in the attic. Jen, exhausted from a long day of taking care of the kids, quickly fell into a deep slumber. Meanwhile, Tom lay in bed, on the verge of drifting off to sleep himself. Suddenly, an eerie sensation washed over him. It felt as though someone was watching him intently. Opening his eyes slowly, he found himself face to face with a bewildering sight, his deceased mother standing by the bedroom door. Tom's heart raced uncontrollably as confusion and fear gripped him. How could this be? His mother had passed away some years ago. Gathering his courage, he rose from the bed and cautiously approached the apparition. However, as he neared the door, two inexplicable events occurred simultaneously. His mother vanished into thin air and an acrid smell of smoke filled the room. Instinctively, Tom swung open the bedroom door and hurried downstairs. To his horror, he discovered that their dishwasher had malfunctioned and begun spewing smoke, perilously close to catching fire. If it hadn't been for the bizarre visitation from Tom's deceased mother, their home could have been engulfed in flames. Now let's delve into the second part of this spine-chilling chronicle, which occurred more recently. My Uncle John, who happens to be Tommy and Diana's grandfather, approached me with great concern. It seemed that Diana, my younger cousin, had developed an inexplicable fear of her own room. The mere thought of entering it without the comfort of a television turned on sent shivers down her spine. When questioned about her peculiar behavior, Diana would adamantly claim that something ominous lurked within her room. She would point towards a seemingly innocuous corner of the wall, devoid of any decorations or objects. Her tiny finger would then trace an invisible path upwards towards the ceiling the mystery deepened as Diana insisted on sleeping only when the television remained aglow throughout the night. However, as soon as her parents dared to switch it off, she would promptly seek refuge in their bedroom once again. This perplexing situation has left my family and me filled with unease. While we cannot definitively explain Diana's aversion to her room or her claims of an unseen presence, 
We hold a somewhat steadfast belief in the existence of ghosts. Could it be possible that Diana is being tormented by a malevolent spirit? Or perhaps her innocent imagination has conjured up an entity that exists solely within the realms of childhood fear? The unanswered questions surrounding these eerie occurrences continue to haunt us. As a family bonded by blood and shared experiences, we are determined to unravel this enigma that has cast a dark shadow over our lives. We seek solace in sharing our story with you, dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, hoping that your expertise and astute analysis may shed light on this inexplicable phenomenon. With every passing day, our curiosity deepens and our resolve strengthens. We are determined to uncover the truth behind these unsettling events that have plagued our beloved Diana and left us grappling with the mysteries after dark. Yours sincerely, a concerned family member. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I am writing to share a chilling tale that unfolded in my childhood home in Louisiana. It was a house filled with inexplicable occurrences, where shadows danced, whispers echoed, and the presence of otherworldly beings lingered. Allow me to recount the events that transpired in that old, beautiful house, nestled in the heart of the Louisiana countryside. When I was just a few months old, my family relocated from Texas to this quaint abode. Initially, we were renting the property, but fate intervened when the owner was forced to sell the house due to bankruptcy. Little did we know what awaited us within those walls. From the earliest days, strange phenomena manifested themselves. Late at night, my father would hear what he believed to be my cries emanating from the other side of the house. Concerned for my well-being, he would rush to check on me, only for the cries to cease as he approached the hallway. There were no signs that I had been crying, leaving us perplexed and unsettled. This peculiar occurrence repeated itself on multiple occasions, always originating from that side of the house. It sounded like a baby crying, a young girl perhaps. During this time, my father's work took him overseas, leaving only my mother, my older brother and sister and myself in the house. My sister's boyfriend occasionally stayed overnight, but he refused to sleep in my room, citing an eerie feeling that enveloped it. To allay my fears, my mother moved me into her room on the opposite side of the house. The uneasiness persisted, as if unseen eyes were watching me, and I grew unnerved by the sight of the staircase visible from my door. As a young child, I had a passion for drawing. We stored my artwork at the bottom of my closet, one day, my sister's boyfriend finally revealed why he refused to sleep in my room. He recounted waking up one night to the sound of papers shuffling about. Investigating further, he entered my room only to witness papers floating in midair, as if being examined by an invisible presence. This revelation sent shivers down our spines. Additionally, wind-up toys and a laughing phone would mysteriously activate during the night suggesting that the mischievous little girl ghost took great delight in playing with my belongings. In one vivid dream, the young girl ghost appeared as my best friend. We would play exclusively by the staircase and in my room. She adamantly refused to venture elsewhere within the house. 
As time passed, both my brother and sister moved out, leaving just my mother, myself, and the ghostly presence of a mother and her daughter. There were numerous instances where we encountered these apparitions. My mother once encountered a lady dressed in a long brown dress standing on the staircase, blocking her path upstairs. Another night, I awoke to a creaking noise emanating from my mother's room. Investigating further, I discovered her rocking chair swaying back and forth. Strangely enough, when I checked if the window was open to account for any natural causes, it was firmly shut, and there was an indentation on the chair, as if someone had been sitting in it, as if the ghostly mother was tenderly rocking her baby to sleep. In due course, we relocated to Grand Isle when I entered first grade. However, we still returned to our old house on weekends. Yet upon each return, an unsettling coldness permeated the air. We even installed a fireplace to counteract it, but to no avail. The temperature dropped so drastically that our plates cracked and even my pet fish perished. The house seemed different somehow, exuding an eerie ambiance that made it impossible for me to stay alone within its walls. Instead, I sought refuge at a friend's house whenever we visited. Then came that nightmarish dream that shook me to my core. In this vivid vision, three men of Chinese or Vietnamese origin approached my mother and me with murderous intent. Our yard transformed into a sugarcane field, a testament to the land's previous use. These men possessed a box of great significance, and their actions mirrored those of my dream. They killed my mother and me before burying the box next to a specific tree beside our driveway. The tree in question was identifiable in reality. However, circumstances prevented us from ever excavating that spot before we moved away. During our time in that haunted house, visitors would often experience strange phenomena. Whispers floating through the air, shadows darting across their peripheral vision, and even the sound of my toys being played with. Each visitor attested that these occurrences centered around my room or the staircase, areas known for their connection to the supernatural activity. Their testimonies reinforced our belief that our house was indeed haunted. It wasn't until my mother decided to have the house blessed and delved into its history that events took an unexpected turn. Almost immediately after these actions were taken, our lives turned upside down. My father forced us to sell the house against our wishes, and a series of unfortunate events ensued. As if disturbing the spirits had brought forth a malevolent force determined to exact its revenge. Reflecting upon all that had transpired over the years, we questioned our initial assumption that these ghosts were innocent entities. Were they truly benevolent? After all, our time in that house was plagued by perpetual insect infestations and snakes slithering about. The relentless coldness persisted regardless of our efforts to combat it with warmth. Friends and family refused to stay for long periods within its walls, everyone except for my mother and me. Finally, we found solace in a new town in southern Louisiana. Though we may never reside in a house as grand as that one again, we have discovered that true happiness cannot be bought with material wealth alone. In closing, I hope this account of our haunting experiences will captivate your listeners' imaginations and provide insight into the enigmatic world of supernatural phenomena.
Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast. I am writing to share with you a remarkable story that has been passed down through generations in my family. It is a tale of love, loss, and a paranormal encounter that has left a lasting impression on my mother. I believe it is a story worth sharing with your listeners, as it highlights the inexplicable mysteries that can occur in our lives. The setting of this tale is Mulberry Grove, a small town nestled in the heartland of Illinois. It was during the 1930s when my mother Evelyn was in high school. She was named after her own beloved grandmother, Evelina, whom she held in the highest regard. Although I never had the privilege of meeting my great-grandmother, my mother's fond memories and heartfelt stories have made me feel a deep connection to her. During this time, great-grandma Evelina fell gravely ill. She developed a tumor in her abdomen, which caused her immense pain and discomfort. In those days, medical advancements were limited, and the condition was simply referred to as a lump. While it is uncertain whether it was cancerous or not, the impact on Evelina's health was undeniable. As Evelina's health deteriorated, my mother took on the responsibility of caring for her. Every day after school, Evelyn would rush home to attend to her grandmother's needs. She would gently smooth Evelina's pillow, offer her sips of water, and sit by her side, providing comfort during those difficult days. Evelina was being cared for in the home of one of her daughters, as she required constant attention. Despite Evelyn's dedication and care, Evelina's condition worsened over time. Eventually, the inevitable happened, and Evelina passed away. The loss was profound for my mother and her family. They mourned the departure of a beloved matriarch who had left an indelible mark on their lives. In the days that followed Evelina's passing, my mother resumed sleeping in her own bed, the very bed where great-grandma had taken her last breath. It was during one fateful morning that Evelyn experienced something inexplicable yet undeniably real. As she opened her eyes, she saw a figure floating above the floor of her room. It was great-grandma Evelina. Evelina appeared serene and ethereal, with her hand gently resting on her belly. She spoke softly to my bewildered mother, saying, See, Evie, the lump is gone, and I feel so much better now. These words held deep significance as they mirrored the pain and suffering Evelina had endured during her final days. And just like that, Evelina vanished into thin air. This encounter left my mother in awe and wonder. She could not fully comprehend what she had witnessed, yet she knew it was a profound moment that transcended the boundaries of life and death. The experience brought solace to my mother's grieving heart, as it seemed to signify that Evelina had found peace and release from her earthly suffering. Now at the age of 86, my mother remains as sharp-witted and grounded as ever. She continues to share this extraordinary tale with anyone willing to listen. I can assure you that Evelyn is not prone to flights of fancy or exaggerated visions. Her account carries an air of authenticity that leaves no room for doubt. As I reflect upon this story, I am struck by the power of love and the enduring connections we share with our ancestors. Evelina's presence continues to be felt within our family, bridging the gap between generations and reminding us of the eternal bonds we hold dear. I hope you find this narrative worthy of sharing with your audience.
It serves as a testament to the unexplained phenomena that can occur in our lives and invites contemplation on the mysteries that lie beyond our understanding. Thank you for considering my submission. If you require any further information or clarification regarding this extraordinary tale, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I eagerly await your response and the possibility of sharing this captivating story with your listeners. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I recently experienced a series of disturbing dreams that left me feeling terrified and confused. It all started about two months ago when I had a horrible dream involving my family. We were preparing to go somewhere in a car, although the destination was unclear. In the dream, I remember feeling a strong resistance towards going, which led me to defy my father's orders and jump out of the car through the back window. From there, the dream took a dark turn. Suddenly, it felt as though we were at the scene of a gruesome accident, even though no one was injured and there had been no actual collision. The police were present, conversing with my family, while I found myself standing off to the side, wrapped in a blanket. In a panic, I decided to run away, sensing that my father was chasing after me with malicious intent. As I sprinted, I noticed something peculiar happening. With each passing moment, my movements became slower and more labored, as if I were running through quicksand. Eventually, I could barely move at all. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I had an experience a couple of months ago that I can't quite explain, and I'm hoping you can help shed some light on it. It all started with a terrifying dream that felt incredibly real. In the dream, I was with my family, getting ready to go somewhere in a car. I didn't want to go, so I jumped out of the car through the back window, defying my dad's orders. Then, in the dream, it was like we were at the scene of an accident, even though no one was hurt and there was no actual accident. The police arrived and were talking to my family, while I stood off to the side wrapped in a blanket. Suddenly I started running away, and my dad started chasing me. For some reason, I had the feeling that he wanted to harm me. It turned into just him and me running, and although I was able to get some distance from him at first, I began to run slower and slower until it felt like I was barely moving at all. Then he caught up to me and stabbed me with a knife. But here's where it gets even more unsettling. Instead of waking up from the dream at this point, I found myself still in the dream, fully aware of what was happening. I could feel and hear everything as if it were real. It was like I was choking and gagging as the knife dragged through my throat and I could feel every bone it crossed. I wanted to scream to wake myself up and after trying with all my might, I finally managed to let out a piercing scream. When I opened my eyes, I was staring at the ceiling in fear and shock. Then things got even stranger. It felt like something heavy was holding me down, preventing me from moving despite my efforts. After what seemed like an eternity, I was able to move again, but I was too scared to look around my room, feeling like something was there. I pulled the covers over my head and eventually fell back asleep. In the next dream, I woke up and told my mom about the previous dream. Then my friend came over, but her eyes turned black and her face changed, making her look evil. 
She taunted me about the dream, and I realized it wasn't even her voice. In the dream, I knew she was a demon disguised as my friend, tormenting me with my dreams. This pattern continued throughout the night, with each awakening leading to another disturbing dream. When I finally woke up for real, my mother came into the room and scolded me for not waking up earlier. I was so shaken that I couldn't tell if I was still dreaming or not, and it left me feeling terrified. Before that night, I had never experienced such intense and malevolent dreams. It wasn't just scary, it felt truly evil, and I never want to feel that way again. If you can offer any insight into what might have caused these dreams or what they might mean, I would greatly appreciate it. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I hope this letter reaches the right people who can help shed some light on the strange occurrences that have plagued my life. My name is Hillary, and I am currently 14 years old. It all began when I was around 12 years old, living in Illinois. I never thought my life would take such a frightening turn. It was a seemingly ordinary day at school when my friends in gym class noticed something peculiar on my neck. They pointed out a massive bruise that I hadn't even noticed until then. To my horror, they said it looked like a handprint. Intrigued and concerned, I placed my hand against the bruise, only to find that it matched perfectly in size and shape. The realization sent shivers down my spine. As the day wore on, I couldn't shake off the feeling of unease. The next day, while I was alone at home, something inexplicable happened. I distinctly heard my mother's voice calling out to me from another room. Startled, I responded with a loud, Yes, Mom! Yet, there was no reply. Confused, I called out again, but still no answer came. Curiosity got the best of me, and I ventured into the back room, only to find it empty. It turned out my mother had been next door at my grandma's all along. The incident left me perplexed and on edge. However, the most terrifying encounter was yet to come. That night, as I lay in bed, a voice unlike anything I had ever heard before echoed through the darkness. It was a sinister, guttural voice reminiscent of a horror movie villain or something straight out of an exorcism scene. To my utter horror, it called out my name. Fear gripped me like a vice, and without a second thought, I bolted from my room and ran outside as fast as my trembling legs could carry me. Since then, I have moved to my father's home and the paranormal encounters seem to have ceased. However, I fear that my little sister, who is now five years old, may be the next target of whatever malevolent force haunted me. She often complains of seeing a monster in her room, which sends chills down my spine. Is it possible that this entity has now set its sights on her? I implore you to help me unravel this mystery before it's too late. The experiences I have described may sound like something out of a horror movie, but they are, unfortunately, all too real. The fear and uncertainty they have brought into my life have been overwhelming. I cannot simply dismiss them as figments of my imagination or mere coincidences. There is something sinister lurking in the shadows, and it threatens to consume the innocence of my little sister. I write this letter with a desperate plea for guidance and assistance. My family needs answers and we need them urgently. 
Is there any way to protect my sister from this malevolent force? Are there experts who can investigate these paranormal occurrences and help put an end to this nightmare? I am willing to do whatever it takes to ensure the safety and well-being of my loved ones. I hope that by sharing my story with you, dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, someone out there will hear my cry for help and provide the guidance we so desperately need. The unknown can be terrifying, but together we can face it head on and bring an end to this haunting chapter in our lives. Yours sincerely, Hillary. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I am writing to share a series of strange and unsettling experiences that have haunted me since my teenage years. These incidents revolve around sleep paralysis, a phenomenon that has left me questioning the nature of reality and my own sanity. If you have a moment, I would appreciate your insights and any possible explanations you may have. The first encounter with sleep paralysis occurred when I was just 13 years old, in the comfort of my bedroom at our old house. It was a stormy night, and as I drifted off to sleep, I found myself immersed in a dream that now eludes my memory. Suddenly, I was jolted awake by the sound of a young boy's voice whispering, Hello, Neonea. Paralyzed, I attempted to move, but found my body confined to an almost imperceptible motion as though restrained by an unseen force. Panic set in as everything around me turned blindingly white. Then, a presence materialized atop me, and the voice repeated its eerie greeting. I glimpsed a figure with its back turned towards me, its long hair matted with blood. The hair swayed unnaturally, evoking an overwhelming sense of dread. When I finally emerged from this terrifying episode, my heart pounded with intensity, leaving me bewildered by the experience. A month later, the second incident unfolded in the same location. Upon awakening, I discovered myself suspended in midair, confronted by the visage of an elderly man with a ghastly resemblance to a zombie. He chanted incomprehensible words in a sing-song manner, such as Badu Ao. Despite my paralysis, I managed to muster the strength to implore him to leave me alone and tightly shut my eyes. The encounter lasted what felt like an eternity, though it may have only spanned 30 seconds or so. The fear that gripped me during this encounter was unparalleled. What transpired next was perhaps the most perplexing of all. Approximately a week later, I woke up abruptly in the dead of night and beheld the presence of a tall figure dressed entirely in white with ebony skin. My mother, who had encountered various ghosts in her past, was also awakened by this apparition. Startled, the figure pushed her down onto the bed before entering my room and bellowing, Get out of Jason's room! Regrettably, I did not hear my mother's desperate plea, as she had already drifted back into slumber when I finally awoke. Despite my initial trepidation, something deep within me sensed that this mysterious being held benevolent intentions. Subsequently, our family relocated to a different house when I turned 15. Sleep paralysis continued to plague me, as though it were an unwelcome companion from which I could not escape. 
During one episode, an ominous figure materialized at my bedroom door. In a desperate attempt to defend myself mentally, I squeezed my eyes shut tightly. Curiously, the presence shifted its focus and seemed to hover above me, engaging in an intimate act that defied comprehension. Confusion enveloped me upon waking, unsure of how such an experience could manifest given my gender. A week later, another incident unfolded. As I lay facing the blue wall on my left side, a face gradually materialized before me. This face wore a serene smile that radiated warmth and comfort. Strangely enough, fear did not consume me during this encounter. Instead, I felt an overwhelming sense of cheerfulness and tranquility. When I eventually emerged from this episode after what seemed like 30 seconds, an inexplicable joy coursed through my veins, a sensation I had never experienced before. Astonishingly, these episodes ceased from that point onward. As I recount these events to you now, I am left grappling with numerous questions and seeking solace in your expertise. Could it be that an angel intervened on my behalf during these episodes, shielding me from malevolent forces? Alternatively, could these encounters have been tests? Trials designed to assess my resilience or provoke some form of growth within me? Or perhaps my actions during these episodes inadvertently bored or disinterested these entities prompting them to abandon their attacks. It is difficult to dismiss these experiences as mere figments of my imagination since others have witnessed similar phenomena within our home. The enigma surrounding sleep paralysis persists, leaving me yearning for answers and a deeper understanding of the supernatural world. If any of your listeners have encountered similar phenomena or possess insights into the nature of sleep paralysis and the entities associated with it, I would be grateful for their contributions. In closing, I extend my sincere gratitude for your willingness to listen and potentially shed light on these unsettling occurrences. Your podcast has been a beacon of knowledge and comfort amidst the vast darkness of the unexplained. Yours sincerely, Jason. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I am writing to share a chilling ghost encounter that I experienced when I was just a young girl of 10. This spine-tingling incident took place at my father's house, and it has haunted me ever since. I feel compelled to share my story with your podcast, as I believe it will intrigue and captivate your listeners. It was a warm summer night when the terrifying events unfolded. I had been peacefully sleeping in my bed at my father's house when an urgent need to use the bathroom jolted me awake. The urgency was so intense that I could no longer ignore it. However, fear gripped me as I recalled the unsettling encounters I had previously experienced in this very house. As I lay there contemplating my options, I heard the faint sound of footsteps. Relief washed over me as I realized that my stepmother had also woken up and made her way to the bathroom. The mere presence of another person in the house offered a glimmer of comfort in the midst of my fear. Taking advantage of the moment, I quickly slipped out of bed and tiptoed towards the bathroom. My heart pounded in my chest, each step echoing in the silence of the night. As I reached the bathroom, I could hear the faint sound of running water and the rustling of clothing. 
It seemed that my stepmother was almost finished. After what felt like an eternity, she emerged from the bathroom, her face etched with fatigue and concern. We exchanged a brief nod, both silently acknowledging the discomfort that lingered within the walls of this house. With a deep breath, I entered the bathroom, grateful for the temporary sanctuary it provided. Relieved from the pressing need that had awakened me, I slowly made my way back to my bedroom. The room was stiflingly hot, a typical feature of summer nights. I climbed onto my bunk bed, pulling up the thin blanket to provide some semblance of comfort. Little did I know that this night was about to take a horrifying turn. As I settled into bed, an eerie sensation washed over me. It was a feeling I had experienced before, a sense of being watched by an unseen presence. Instinctively, I cast my gaze downward, and what I saw sent shivers down my spine. Standing in the middle of my room was a lady, her presence inexplicably haunting. She paced in circles as if caught in a perpetual state of confusion and distress. Her movements were erratic, as though she were desperately trying to escape from something or someone unknown to me. Paralyzed with fear, I could only watch in horrified fascination. Unable to bear the sight any longer, I sought solace beneath my flimsy blanket. With trembling hands, I clasped them together and whispered a fervent prayer, hoping to find protection from this otherworldly apparition. The room fell eerily silent as I sought refuge from the unknown. Suddenly, a sound pierced through the silence. It was a soft creaking noise, growing louder with each passing second. My heart raced as panic consumed me. I realized with horror that someone or something was climbing up the ladder of my bunk bed. The ladder, which had never been properly secured, shook violently under the weight of each step. A chill enveloped the air, causing goosebumps to rise on my arms and neck. The temperature dropped rapidly, leaving me shivering uncontrollably beneath my blanket. Every fiber of my being screamed at me to stay hidden, to protect myself from whatever sinister force lurked above me. Fear consumed me as the unknown entity drew closer and closer. Time seemed to stand still as I awaited my fate. And then, just as suddenly as it had all begun, everything fell silent. The footsteps ceased, and the oppressive cold dissipated into thin air. Trembling with a mix of relief and lingering terror, I dared to peek out from beneath my blanket. To my immense relief, the room was empty once more. The lady who had tormented me just moments ago had vanished into thin air. The oppressive atmosphere that had weighed heavily upon me lifted, leaving only a lingering sense of unease in its wake. I spent the remainder of that sleepless night clutching tightly onto my blanket, my eyes darting nervously around the room. Every creak and whisper sent shivers down my spine as I contemplated what had transpired. It was an experience that would forever be etched into my memory. Now years later, I still find myself pondering that fateful night at my father's house. What was the identity of the lady who wandered aimlessly in my room? What unseen force had climbed up the ladder of my bunk bed? These questions remain unanswered, leaving me to wonder about the mysteries that exist beyond our comprehension. I hope that sharing my spine-chilling encounter will intrigue your listeners and ignite their curiosity about the supernatural world that intertwines with our own. Yours sincerely, Brittany.
Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads, until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night. <laughs>